Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome back to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police. Uh, this has been going now for quite some time. This is episode um, 14. Now. Is it really? Yeah. And we've been starting to do two a week, which is great. Yeah. Um, and one of the other things we've added in is a bit of an added bonus, um, which was your idea, which I have to say, uh, I'll take my hat off to you. Matt Kelly is sitting opposite me. He's the editor of the New European. Hello. And he gets lots of good ideas all the time, which is why he's still an editor. That's right. I don't have so many good <laughs> ideas all the time. That's why I'm not any longer an editor. But you said, why don't we get um, an email address so people can write in yeah. And ask us stuff. Yeah. Uh, and make comments about the. the and remarkably, we've had quite a few. Have, yeah. And none of them have slagged us off. We've had about 35. Which yeah. is great. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, why don't we start by telling people. Um, you'll find this on the Twitter account anyway, yeah. but tell people what the email address is. So, the email address is thoughtpolicepod yes. at gmail.com. Okay. And so, when people write to that, basically what we'll do is we'll have a look at it once a week, uh, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. So we've had a couple of interesting messages. We have. Well, there's a, one here from uh, Alexander Robert Beresford Campbell. Oh, yes. Uh, that's a lot of the word. Or, yeah, well, that's what it says on the email. Okay. So Alex in Munich. Anyway, yes. he's writing from Munich. Oh, good. Um, so, firstly, great pod, thoroughly enjoying it, good debates, etc., etc. Thank you for that, Alex. Question for me, as I'm not honestly as clued up on the EU historically, yeah. is... Uh, I read an article in a journal I do respect for its unbiased outlook. That must be the New European. Well, yeah, obviously. probably, almost certainly. <laughs> that, the, that the UK never really fully bought into the EU, and rather than trying to play the part of our country's economic and global influence uh, should have played, we, we were more indifferent. Could the current state of affairs have been avoided? Were we complicit by not becoming more dominant in the EU Parliament uh, and being more proactive in policy decision-making or making more of the EU opportunity? Mm. Great question. Well, it's a very good question. And I think, if, first of all, start by answering that actually that is pretty much the, the correct summation of, of Britain's role in Europe. Because I think the Europeans would say, um, or the people in the EU would say, that we've never really bought into it. And they've always seen Britain as a sort of slightly outside... Yeah, troublemaker. ...outside the tent scenario, yeah. you know, because we've never really stood shoulder to shoulder with the French or the Germans, or the Spanish, or mm. the Italians. And, you know, we've always stood shoulder to shoulder more with America, really. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are now, as we are preparing to leave it. I agree. And that, that is a symptom of the of the kind of suspicion that, that Westminster's always had for yeah. the European Union. And, and I, I think we've never, we have never embraced 
I would say we've never embraced the European opportunity. You would say, well, there are other opportunities we should. I think we've, we have been embracing. I think we've allowed them to expand in such a way that they have, which has brought us to this point. Because yeah. I think this is what people don't like. That you know, the original common market that we joined, the European Economic Community, you know, seven eight nations. You know, it was going to be just a trading block. It's become so much more than that, and we've kind of let it happen in yeah. a way, rather than becoming involved in it more yeah. at the centre. And going, hang on a second, yeah. you know, what do you think you're doing here? So what I would say is that we, had, we should have been uh, driving it much more yeah. clearly. Well, maybe if we had been, it if would have we, been a different beast. Exactly. If, anyway, that's that's history. So anyway, Alex, I hope that gives you uh, Well, I'll tell idea. you what I'll also mention, because yeah. this week I, I saw, and I don't know what forum it was at, but it was a Bloomberg um, tweet and a Bloomberg uh, piece of video. And it was basically Nigel Lawson, you know, the former Chancellor, who lives in France, famously, yeah. and who was, who was sort of another one of those maligned by Jon Snow, right, who uh, <laughs> had a go at him for having a holiday home in France, which turns out he actually lives there. Yeah. And then there was the story about how he was trying to get French citizenship yeah. and how ridiculous it was that he was a guy who was a kind of, you know, Brexiteer. But he actually was being interviewed by some on, on some panel, which involved Bloomberg, and they said to him about the no-deal situation and how terrible would it be and when we're outside the European Union, won't it be very difficult to trade? And he said, well, actually, no. And this was his logic. He said, you have to realise that most of the countries in the world are also not in the European Union. Mm. And most of the countries in the world who we trade with who are not in the European Union have much more favourable trading um, situations going on with us than they do with most of the countries in the European Union. And most of the countries that we will be doing the most trade with are actually in far healthier shape economically than any of the countries in the European Union. Mm. And so you can't really argue with any of that. Well, I, I can. Why? How long have you got? Well, 40% of our trade is with the European Union. Yes. And that but that's will, not if, one individual country. No, it's not. But it it's is, a block. It's, it's a block. Yeah. And it's a block we're going to have to but negotiate But we also have with. 90% of our companies in this country who don't do any trading with the European Union. That's true. But they're small SMEs and yeah. stuff like this. But the yeah. big, there's a huge amount of investment. Well, maybe there's an awful lot of companies like uh, the company we spoke about in the last podcast, which was Perth. Peugeot, yeah. maybe a lot of the trade is between Peugeot and Vauxhall, which is actually not trade at all, because it's basically one company selling yeah. one bit of a, of, of a machine to another part of the company. Yeah. It's a bit like when we worked for the Mirror, when they continued to produce the people. Now, I don't know whether this is uh, a commercial secret I'm giving away, um, and I don't know whether it's changed now, but they basically, one of the reasons for keeping the people going was that they made a paper transfer of money to the Sunday Mirror. Uh, to use the presses on a Saturday. That's right. Which kept the Sunday Mirror's books looking a lot more healthy than they actually were. Yeah. But it wasn't any real, it wasn't real money being no. generated. It's it called was... a contribution in business yeah, terms, isn't it? It's right. not profit. Really. Yeah. Well, it's not. It sort it's, of makes a contribution to the balance sheet. It actually yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. So you're actually paying somebody money that you don't have. Yeah. And they are getting money that they don't actually get. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you it's know. It's an accounting thing. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what trade is in a lot of these cases, yeah. right? So you count that. If that was the case, say, for example, from, um, I don't know, um, Peugeot in France to Vauxhall in Ellesmere Port. Maybe there's no money changing hands at all. No, but there's thousands and thousands of jobs. But yeah, but that's a different argument. But, but, but it, well, that's a valid so argument. So we've never been protectionist in this country, and if we are staying in the European Union now because we want to protect a few jobs, I think that's the wrong but way. But it's not a few... Well, OK, this is a longer debate, and we've, mm. done it, we've touched on it before, but this is where I get worried about how blasé we and the commentariat yeah. and ourselves included can be uh -huh. about these sweeping things about sovereignty and yeah because you, know, you can't yeah but, but you the, can't legislate for all this stuff no but 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 it's so avoidable that's my how is uh, it avoidable but by not bloody no leaving. it's not because Astra uh, could could suddenly become the world's most unpopular car Peugeot could decide you know what 
We're not going to bother with Britain anymore because, you know, the car business is changing radically. I mean, even you are buying an electric car, yeah. right? Vauxhall don't make an electric car, as far as I'm aware. I don't know. At the yeah. moment. They might decide, well, we'll have to make an electric car. We can't bother, We can't make it in Ellsbury Port because it's too old-fashioned. Yeah. We'll just shut that down. Yeah. You know, staying in the European Union doesn't guarantee that won't happen. Well, look, we talked about this at length last we week. Did. On uh, Tuesday, didn't yeah. we? But, uh, and we, we failed to reach consensus. Okay, well, let's surprising. do another. In that case, let's do... <laughs> let's do. Well, it's a bit like Brexit, isn't it? <laughs> We've been going on and on for years. Let's do another. Right. Another one. Uh, let me. Oh, I like this one. Robin Mosley. Oh, yeah. He writes, uh, and this is a question that I, I have a lot of sympathy for. Will Johnson, Trump, and Mike Graham drag us into <laughs> war with Iran? <laughs> Well, first of all, I'm very honoured to be put in the same bracket as the Prime Minister of Great Britain and the President of the United States of America. Yeah. Uh, however, I can confirm that I have not met Boris Johnson. I have met Donald Trump, though. Um, did you see that uh, that great uh, video, by the way, this week that was doing the rounds from his appearance on Saturday Night Live? No. Chicken wings. Have you not no, seen it? No, no, no. Oh, I'll have to show it to you later. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, of course, all of his detractors are going, look at this, this is really embarrassing. It's actually not embarrassing. And I, and I put a tweet out saying, look, if anyone thinks this is embarrassing to Donald Trump, you don't understand what Donald Trump is about. Yeah. He's wearing a yellow suit. Um, he's got um, a bunch of people dressed as chickens. Well, it's not around. him. It's him. Yeah, yeah, he did it when he was. Um, I think when he was running, uh, he talks right. about the Apprentice. So I think right. it was while he was running the Apprentice. Right. Um, so it's a few years old. Right? Yeah, um, but he's got to the to the sound of Jump. You know that Pointer <laughs> Sisters song. They're all yeah. going Trump. <laughs> it's great. It's hilarious. And you look at it and you go, well, he's obviously yeah. enjoying himself, and yeah. he has a bit of a poke of fun of himself. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you can be horrified if you like, but yeah. actually, I think it's quite endearing. However, um, I do not think he wants a war with Iran. I don't think Boris Johnson wants a war with Iran, but we did touch upon this as well. Jeremy Hunt, of course, even more doesn't want a war with Iran, but I think that might change. You know, yeah. I'm led to believe that there was a meeting um, over the course of the weekend in Florida between all of the sort of head honchos of the military from Europe and from America, at which they decided um, that, yes, there would be some kind of coordinated um, you know, policing of the Gulf. Yeah. But it would all have to be under the auspices of the Fifth Fleet. Yeah. Because they've got all the big ships yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, got, how many aircraft carriers well, have they got? They've got tons. Of yeah, they've got tons. I mean, why wouldn't you want them on your side? No, for sure. You know, so yeah. I don't think, I think, it's, t- I think it's, it's time that they got a little bit tougher with Iran. Um, yeah. but, but we've seen this happen before, haven't we, where things creep into, mm. you know, escalates and escalates and then, Next thing you know, we're missing people, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, th- I think... And Iran, by the way, let me just say this, Iran yeah. is not, I mean, so, I don't know whether pe- what people's perception is, but people have this idea of, you know, some dusty mm. shitholes, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's not. It's no. a really civilised, quite metropolitan society. Well, it used to be civilised before the mullahs got hold of it. Let's well, face no, it. but it still is, and there's lots of... No, it's it, a theocracy now, though. It's run, yes, by, it is. It's run by the Islamic yeah. fundamentalists. But it's a, still a great centre of learning. They've, they've got great medicines uh, developments there. They've, it's not like... If people have got this idea of it being some sort of, like, dump, you know... Uh, oh, no, it's not that. It's and not it's that at all. And it's also certainly not backward in terms of its hardware militarily. Yes, you know, no it's, a lot, it's in a lot better shape, say, for example, than Iraq was yeah. when they decided to invade Iraq. And I think the world has changed a bit as well since then. I so. And I think that um, there is no, I think there's no thirst for a war from from any country now in the West. But you well. don't think it would suit Trump to just no. before the election to have a little bit of a I don't think so. I mean, if you look at what strength. he's done up to now, he's very good at sort of walking you towards the edge and then walking back again. Right. And that seems to be his I think policy. That's true, yeah. I mean, he did yeah. that with North Korea. He's done it with Russia. Yeah. Um, he'll do it, I think, uh, rather than also. I think in America, after after the experience of Iraq and Afghanistan, there is no. Hunger in America will no kind of demand 
for any American troops to go mm. anywhere. They just they just don't want and America I, to be involved. They'd rather be yeah. isolationist. Yeah, you know, they might want to send on in the old drone strike, but I don't think they want to actually send troops. And I can't see. I mean, I know it's all focused on us now because they've got our shit, but I can't see Boris Johnson going down the old. Uh, Tony Blair route, you know, and, no. and, and marching to war. Funnily enough, I mean, when we talk about the, uh, you know, so-called sabre-rattling of Donald Trump and the possibility of Boris Johnson doing it, you know, Tony Blair, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama dropped more bombs on people than anybody in the history yeah. of the world, yeah. you know, apart from actual proper Second World War And you've type. got to say, Trump has engaged with this yeah. nutter in North Korea yeah. and seems to have done so quite successfully. Well, I mean, certainly we no, we no longer talk about Kim Jong-un, you know, being a, being a force to worry about yeah. in that part of the world. We don't yeah. worry about him, you know, sending missiles to Japan yeah. or attacking Seoul in South Korea, which at one point... Yeah. People were seriously worried that he was going to do. No, absolutely. So, I mean, I Credit think, words to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that in the end, you know, we've come a long way. And we spoke. I heard a guy. It wasn't actually on my show, but Chris Parry is a former Rear Admiral, head of NATO, something or other. Um, he's now a retired naval kind of commander. He came up with a solution, just like that. And I know that you know people will say, "You oh, can't be that simple." He said, "Look, here's what here's what I would do." If I was in charge of the negotiations, he said, we've got their tanker, which is in Gibraltar. It's full of oil. Mm. He said, our ship that they've got hasn't got any oil on it. So it's basically worthless. Now, obviously, you've got the 23 members of the crew who need to be freed. But he said, I would take all the oil off their boat and sell it. Sell Um, the boat? Sell the oil. Oh, sell the oil, yeah. And then say to the Iranians, you can have the money for the oil and you have the boat back as soon as you give us our boat back and the people on it and Nazanin Zagari Radcliffe. Yes. Job done. Good, yeah. Now, doesn't that make a lot of sense to you? Yeah, it does, yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And he says Iran... It's far too sensible. That's it the is. Problem. Iran, as much as they're not poor, they can still do with the money. We're talking yeah. millions of pounds yeah. for the oil. And they've been caught red-handed. It was on its way to yeah. Syria, wasn't it? So that's not going to happen. So they right. might as well swallow that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's good. Yeah. So, I mean, if, but, I mean, everyone who knows the Iranians says that they enjoy this kind of long, drawn-out, you know, macho-posturing bullshit yeah. because it's part of the Arab way. Right. And it's what they do. So in the end, we know it will be solved, I think. I don't think anybody's going to go to war over a a ship which is not actually British, but it's under a British flag. It's got a crew who are not British citizens, as far as I'm aware. You know, I think if if, if you're going to die on that particular hill, I don't think this is it. No, I I would probably agree with that. But the danger is always that something else just happens and suddenly you trip into something and yeah. somebody makes a rash decision. And yeah, you can't yeah. discount the fact that the Iranians, for all of the, the you know, the learning and, and the history and the Persian sort of, yeah. um, you know, uh, antecedents and all of that, yeah. you know, they are a pretty ghastly operation at the moment. You know, their human rights record is awful. They're, yeah. they're murdering homosexuals. They're yeah. imprisoning journalists. No, that's they, true. Yeah. They don't like them. Yeah. So I think there's a... You've got to be a bit careful, I think, before you treat them yeah. as if they're, you know, normal, civilised civilized yeah. individuals. So the point I was are. trying to make was, yes, and you're right, it's abhorrent, especially yeah. the uh, the way they deal with homosexuals. But there's there. a lot of it's people awful. on the left who are quite happy to kind of side with them, or at least sympathise with them, I mean, right. being one of them. As long as it's against Trump. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, get me, that. I find that bizarre. So that's, I mean, that, I mean, I know exactly the point you're making, mm. and but again, I find it... I find it hard to swallow because the point is that the reason they're so vehement against Trump is because of his his record, yeah. the way he deals with himself. So it is all part symptoms of the same yes. problem. It's just where does it all end up? Yeah. Well, okay. I've, got, I've got a question for you. Oh yeah. Which hasn't come in on the email, but you know it hasn't uh, it hasn't passed me by that your football club yes. played a game uh, in quite recent memory and they got slaughtered about four 0 didn't they? They did. By uh, was it Napoli? Or it was, was it Seville. Napoli. It was Napoli, yeah. yeah. And it was, was it in Seville? America? 
Yes, it was, yeah. It was in America. Yeah, I think in, it was uh, Napoli, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, well... Didn't Rafa used to manage them for a while? No, we don't think so. Napoli was, of course, the team that... That uh, Gaza joined and Maradona. Maradona played for, yeah. Oh, no, Gaza, Gaza was uh, Gaza, Roma, No, Gaza was Roma, yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, but no... Um, they love him in... Uh, Lazio, in fact. Lazio, that's right. Of course Gaza. it was, yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, Maradona. You go, have you been to Naples? I have, yeah. No, I love Naples. I yeah. think it's a really dangerous Great place. city. Really dangerous. Well, it always reminds me of Liverpool a little bit. I don't mean yeah. it, you know, but you feel like there's an edge. There is definitely yeah. an edge. I'd love to have seen Maradona play there. Can yeah. you imagine how great that would Amazing, be? amazing. Yeah. Great pizza, by the way. Oh, yes. In Naples. Yeah. In fact, here's a little bit of, uh, of pointless information for mm. you. There's a very famous pizza joint in Naples that everyone goes to. It's like number one in Lonely Planet yeah. and all of that business. And they, they only cook one type of pizza, you right. know, a margarita, or yeah. you can, I think you can have a bit of basil on it. Right. Anyway, it's got another branch now in Stoke Newington down the road. Really? Yeah. It's I amazing. I think I might get allergic to Stoke, Stoke Newington, Newington Church Street. But Stoke Newington's gone all kind of upmarket now. So when, I used, when I used to know Stoke Newington, I went to um, Further Education College yeah. uh, in Old Street, right? Oh, which yeah. is now in the heart of Shoreditch. Yeah. Which I'm told I pronounce Shoreditch. wrong. Shoreditch. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone says, it's not Shoreditch, it's Shoreditch. Shoreditch, yeah. yeah. But it's not, though. Shoreditch. No, when I was around, it was called Shoreditch and it was right. full of dodgy okay. pubs. Do you say like Hoxton? I don't say it at all. No, I've never said Hoxton in any way, shape or form. But I don't say Surrey. Hoxton. I've, Surrey. Never, I've actually never heard of Hoxton. Do you live in Surrey? Uh, I, I don't live in Surrey, no. I live in Sussex. Sussex. Yes. <laughs> but, um, so, no, when I lived there, I went to this city in East London College, which was around the back of uh, Old Street, Pitfield yeah. Street. Yeah, right? I know. And there was a pub called The Horns on the corner, which was famous for having really, really disgusting strippers um, <laughs> at lunchtime. Yeah. Right? And at night, we, I never went there at night, but apparently at night, um, they closed the doors at sort of yeah. 10 o'clock and all yeah. sorts of horror, horrific oh things happened God, with yeah. these strippers. I've but, been to some of those things oh my God. in my youth. Yeah, but we used to go to the pub at lunchtime and there'd be there's women stripping. Yeah. And it was very Amazing. odd, right? And a very working class. Amazing. No, no beards in sight. You Amazing. know, no drain pipe trousers. Yeah. And it was a proper, you know, it was a proper part of lunch. Stoke Newington was a sort of very dodgy area that you wouldn't go anywhere near. Yeah. And, of course, now oh. it's trendy as fuck. They'll right? be bringing the strippers back now. Everything comes full circle. Oh, I suppose be, so, be yeah. trendy. Yeah, I once they... went to one of those things in Formby, above yeah. the British Legion, I think, <laughs> and, and they did this strip thing. It was all yeah. very gross. Yeah. At the end of it, the pint glass comes round, right. and they say, right, will you chip in? Because right. the girls will stay, right, and do something. <laughs> They'll go even further. Oh, right, so everyone's piling in. Right. And and then they come back on stage and they say any volunteers right, right. for to come on stage and right. to perform with us right. right and they're talking about have sex with us right. right and so this fella sticks his hand up right, right. and of course you're sitting there I'm sorry if this is, sounds a bit crude but you're sitting there thinking well he's obviously confident yes you know I mean it's not the kind of thing you would volunteer for I know no, a, a, a pub full of about eighty hairy ass <laughs> blokes all baying at the stage and he gets up and they put him on a chair right. And then they take his uh, trousers off. Right. And suffice to say that forevermore, this bloke was known throughout Formby as the cashew nut man. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen, get over I it. have never seen anything as insignificant presumably, in my life. He had to move away, presumably. He, well, nothing happened. No, but he couldn't people, stay there, could you? Well, no, he, I mean, he, tri- he tried to go through it, but people were drifting out. No, but what I mean is he must have had to oh, move from away Formby. from Formby. No, I don't think so. Because I'd never been out. If that was me, yeah. right, you'd, you'd, have to, you'd have to move to another country. You'd go I'm, sure, I'm sure you wouldn't face that. That wouldn't have been my problem. No, no exactly no. right. But- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, 
dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But anyway, so <laughs> they, they've been slaughtered by Napoli, right? On their tour of America. Yeah. What does it all mean? Did you care it's, about pre-season? Do you not care about not pre-season? Not at all. Not remotely. Have they signed anybody, by the way? Yeah, they've signed uh, two young lads. One called Van der Berg. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's meant to be outstanding. But also, where did he come from? This other lad... Uh, I think he's 17, and he is meant to be uh, electric, So, um, and he's a midfielder. So You'll enjoy this. I saw a very funny tweet from Samantha Quack, who you'll know, the former hockey player, yeah. who's a sort of bit of a personality now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, follows me on Twitter, Does she? which yeah. I'm very pleased about. Very good. Um, and occasionally comments on things that I do, but she's a big Liverpool fan. Yeah. And uh, she put out a tweet the other day. Um, because they unveiled the new plans for the new Everton Stadium. That's right, it looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And she addressed, as if it was addressed, a letter to Liverpool Planning Council, saying, you know, the planning department, saying, excuse me, could you please explain why you've included a trophy cabinet <laughs> in the plans for this new stadium? It doesn't appear that it will be required. That's my favourite. I love that. My favourite football joke is two, two, two men broke into the trophy room, into the um, trophy room at Everton last night and made their escape. Police are looking for two men with a blue carpet <laughs> it's great isn't it? but I mean it's going to take, why do they take so long to make stadiums in this country because that's going to take yeah. forever it's not but it's in a, I mean if, if people haven't seen it then it's worth googling because yeah. it's in it's right on the waterfront yes and it is going to change the way Liverpool looks. Right. I mean, it's a huge stadium on so the Mersey. how far is it from Stanley Park, where it currently is? Well, about two miles, about okay. two or three miles. I mean, that's one yeah. of the things that's always amazed me about Liverpool, is that yeah. the two stadiums are, are so, very close yeah. together. Right on, on, yeah. uh, on the, across right. each other on the park. Although, apparently, and I don't know this because I've been there or seen it, but Dundee and Dundee United... Are literally across the street. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, apparently in Dundee. Why don't they just share a stadium? Not, well, because they wouldn't, would they? I mean, that's yeah. always the argument, isn't it? Why yeah. don't you just share a stadium? I went to uh, to a Juventus game at uh-huh. the old Stadi dell'Alpi, oh, yeah. and, and Juventus used to share the share the, the the stadium with Torino, right? Right. And it was like that, you know, it was like Liverpool and Manchester yeah. sharing the stadium. And after every game, whoever it was would just rip all the seats out. <laughs> Lock them onto the pitch. They had to stop it because it couldn't be That's too like much. The, the vandalism. Games. They had this uh, went on, I think, last season and probably the season before. That whenever there's a game, um, you know, either at Celtic Park or at Ibrooks, you know, these, the opposing fans just come and wreck everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just start ripping apart oh, no, the no. toilets, ripping yeah. the sinks out. It's awful, really, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, you know, people talk about football. Um, you know, being a man's game and, you know, the fact that the women's football was brilliant this summer because it didn't have any hooligan aspect, you know, they weren't falling about diving all over the place. Yeah. And there was no horrible language being shouted from the stands and it was a place you could take your kids because I still feel, I think I've said this to you before, I still feel slightly queasy about taking my sons to Premier League football yeah. anywhere yeah. because, you know, unless you're kind of in a box, and I don't necessarily want to do it that way. Yeah. You, you do hear some horrible stuff. Well, mate, one of the first games my dad ever took me to, mm. uh, I think it was to Goodison, actually. Cause my, so we're a mixed family. So yeah. my, all my family are Evertonians, apart from me. And, right. uh, and my dad was working so on So will football. they take you to the new Everton Stadium? Yeah, well, I'm hoping that, I mean, I think it's, I think the Everton Stadium is going to be there in 2023 or something like yeah. that. So my dad is getting on a bit, right. but I am hoping and praying that uh, I can accompany him to, to a game at right. the, uh, the new stadium. It would make his... Make his day, but the uh, I remember being taken. I must have been about six, yeah. and was taken to this game at Goodison Park, and it was m- my dad, 
and me and then this drunk bloke next to us on the <laughs> on the stairwell, right? And this fellow was effing and blind, right. and my dad hates swearing, yeah. right? hates it. And yeah. I was very conscious of this. And after about 20 minutes of this guy, fuck it, there, 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 I, turned, I tapped him on the shoulder and said, do you mind not swearing, please? Yeah. This guy went berserk right. and tried to grab me. Really? <laughs> yeah. So my dad had him by the collar, so it was all kicking off. How old off, were you at this point? I'd have been about six. This little, Jesus. This little so precocious... So the guy went for you? Yeah, yeah, no, the guy was incensed at this precocious... Yeah, but that's the ludicrous yeah, nature yeah, of it, wasn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah. that's the trouble. <laughs> and it's, it's for you, is Liverpool Everton still the big game for you then, or not really? Uh, no, not really. Uh, and this will hurt all the Evertonians. Yeah, the big game is, is Liverpool-Manchester United. That's yeah. worse than anything. So I mean, well, in fact, know. now the big game's Liverpool-Man City, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And funnily enough, we said at the end of the last podcast, we didn't mention Piers Morgan, but I mean, I always remember <laughs> Piers, the, the thing that he hated the most about Arsenal's demise was that nobody took him seriously no one, anymore. No one he said Manchester United don't care, yeah. Liverpool don't care, yeah. even Spurs actually don't care That's anymore right. about playing Arsenal. That's right. Which is like a dagger to the Terrible. heart for anyone who Terrible. thinks of their club as like this top six scenario, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I, I I actually hope Arsenal... I like I quite like Arsenal as a team. I what about the carjacking story? Amazing. I mean, you live in the shadow. Amazing. Do you know what's also amazing about it? Is that it took place in the road next to the road where I grew up. Is that right? In Hampstead, yeah. Well, I didn't I see to, that referred to in any yeah, of the news stories. Yeah, it was... Yeah, funnily enough... Near I where my grain grew well, up. Well, I've asked all newspaper editors, you may not know this because yeah. uh, you're only a weekly... Yeah. Um, I asked them not to mention me, please, unless yeah. there's a really, really, and, really and good to, reason. And to Photoshop out the blue plaque. I'm not plaque, joking, right? To take the blue I, plaque out of the photos. When I, was, when I was doing a show in, in Edinburgh, and I was working for Talk 107, um, <laughs> I, had to, um, I had to do that on a couple of occasions because I was, as far as they were concerned, a bit of a mini-celebrity, yeah. right? And it was a fucking nightmare because yeah. it meant that people recognised me in the street, yeah. you know? And um, I was asked at one time to do a... Uh, they do these kind of um, charity... Balls, you know, a charity dinner, and it was at the um, it was at the uh, Museum of Scotland, which is a great big, sort of a bit like having something at the V and A, you know, it's yeah. a big sort of marble hall, people in black tie, yeah. And I'd been drinking all afternoon, right? <laughs> um, and uh, I'd, I'd finished my show at one o'clock. I'd been out on the on the Raz, and it was one of these things where they had a quiz, and they said, "Well, we'd like you to sort of, you know, not compare it, but do a couple of questions." Yeah. So you know, and people had these buttons that they would press for the right answer and the wrong answer, all that. Anyway, so I get up there, and there's a sort of a murmur going on, and I said, you know, I'm going to ask you please to, to concentrate on this. It's very important. It's a quiz. You know, you need to be, you know, paying attention to me. And, you know, the murmuring continued for another. And I said, look, I'm not joking. I really need you to, you know, please be quiet so that I can give you the question and you can answer it full time. Kept going. And eventually I said, no, would you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> and the place just went silent, right? Absolutely silent. Great. Next day, I get a call from the Edinburgh Evening News. Oh, right? my God. And, uh, you know, I didn't think any of it, right? And, just, you know, went off to did the thing, yeah. you know, sat down. Turns out the charity, who were, whoever they were, uh, who had organised it, sent out letters of apology oh, no. to all of the people <gasps> who had come to the, to the dinner, apologising on my behalf. On your behalf? Yeah, for swearing. That's outrageous. And, I, and this woman reporter was like, what, what, what have you got any comment? I said, well, that's fucking ridiculous. I said, you know... <laughs> I'm not asking to be. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not apologising. I said, yeah. you know, it was a bit of fun. It was a dinner. We raised a lot of money for charity. What's the yeah. problem? Terrible. And I I'm said, um, by the way, I said, um, yeah, what are you doing with the story? She said, I think it's a splash at the oh. moment. <laughs> I went, oh, for fuck's 
sake. I was had to call the editor. And I said, look, John, his name was John McClelland. I remember John McClelland, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, look, sorry, mate. I said, I wouldn't normally do this. I said, it's not really very helpful. Can you please not make it twat to me tomorrow? Can you please not make it the splash? Yeah. He said, it's a good story, though. Yeah. I said, well, haven't you got anything better? You know, for Christ's sake. And uh, in the end, he did it as a, like, a little basement on page three, yeah. which was fine. I was yeah. happy with that. Yeah. But it was a nightmare. So he did anything. Then it turned it into a story. And then, of course, they realised that, oh, Mike Graham's up for a good story. So yeah. they, were, they, they were sort of constantly, you know, reporting on things that I'd said or whatever. You know, it was not, yeah. not I don't, you know, I don't like being in the paper unless it's for a good reason. Yeah. You know, and there were no, some, it's some other situations that I can't tell you about yeah. at the moment, <laughs> but I may do later. <laughs> right, we've got one last question. Yeah, go on. Chris Strange. Right. Well, I know Chris Strange. I know his Twitter account. Ah, so his yeah okay. I mean he, he's on Twitter as right. Chris Strange. Unusually, right. he actually uses his name on Twitter. Right. Good. Okay. So your podcast is great already, and the reason it works is that both of you are quite happy to tell you tell how you see it. That's absolutely true. That is true. With that in mind, I'd like you to discuss the woke thing creeping into modern society. Oh yeah. Uh, I know I'm not the only one to find it absolutely absurd, and I think you two giving it your all on that subject would make a great podcast. Yeah. Well, it's actually chosen a good week to do it, hasn't it? Yeah. Because it was announced this week that the lovely Meghan Markle uh, is going to edit the September edition of Vogue magazine. Vogue, yeah. And she's chosen 15 feminists that she admires yeah. for the front page of the front cover of Vogue. I mean, have you ever seen anything so absolutely shamelessly self-promoting and useless <laughs> as Meghan Markle telling me who I should but like as a feminist? But you're not a Vogue reader. I've read Vogue in the past. But you're not the target audience. Well, who is the target audience? People who are into that kind really? of stuff, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I had a little straw poll in the office, and there's a couple of the people who work there who are female who buy Vogue in September precisely because they always have a guest right. editor, apparently. Right. They're not regular readers. And uh, they all said, we're not buying it. Right. We're not buying it. So what, what, who cares what Meghan Markle thinks what, about anything? So what... Well, I don't. I know. But, I mean, but she is quite successful as an independent strong woman, what? isn't she? <laughs> she is... She is. She's massive. I'm not having a laugh. She no. just married a prince. No, but she was big Sorry, time feminist. She it? was big time before that. No, she, she wasn't. She's, yes, I've she never was. heard of her. You tell me you'd heard of Meghan Markle. No, I haven't. Met. But she's massive in the states. Bollocks, was she? She, she was. was in a show that nobody's ever seen. Is that right? Suits. The only reason anybody's watched Suits now is because there's a couple of scenes where she gets in into a sort of you know what can only be described as a shagging situation All right. uh, with her co-star All right. in a in a cupboard or in a library or something. Right. You know, and there's a lot of you know stockings and legs okay. going akimbo. Well, so I I haven't got a problem with her guest editing Vogue and and, and well, if, would you have a guest editing if the Harry New European? To, if Harry wants to guest edit the New European, yeah. that would so be great like for circulation. That, yeah. Good oh, story. A load of bollocks. But anyway, well, why is, is well, that? it's a good self-promotion yeah. for Vogue, that's yeah, for sure. for sure. But, I mean, the point, have you seen the 15 women that she's no, picked? No, I haven't, no. Well, you should have a look at the 15 women that she's why? picked. Because they are all virtue-signalling tosspots, as well, far as I'm I, concerned. Right. <laughs> God. I, this, is, this thing about virtue-signalling, yeah. I, you know, if, if people are doing good stuff, they can't win, can they? Because everyone points at them and says, oh, oh you're virtue-signalling. Not true. You know, I mean, Selma Hayek, for example, right? Yeah. She's famous, apparently, because she cares about refugees. Right? right. She went to Africa and breastfed one. Did because, she? Yeah, because, you know, the mother didn't have any milk. Right. I mean, really? That's Seriously? Bit, that seems a bit too that's, much. Let's yeah. get a bit too close to the story, is, isn't it? That is. But what you... Okay, but... She's got... Um, what's her face? Uh, one of, there's one of the supermodels, you know, who yeah. um, has been... Who's married to Ed Burns, Christy Turlington. Oh, Christy Turlington. Christy yeah, Turlington, yeah. who... Uh, funny oh, is enough, she Billy Joel's wife? 
No, that was Christy Brinkley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christy That's Turlington's right. married to Ed Burns, who I used to know, funnily enough. Really? Very bizarre. Another story for another time. But Christy Turlington's supermodel, you know. Yeah. These are not women. These are women with millions of dollars. Right? It's but they had to earn millions of dollars. Yeah. Do as you resent a, that? Well, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an actress... Yeah, I mean, it's not like they've been at the cold face and worked well, very hard. Well, have they? But, but why is it different from Leonardo DiCaprio or someone like that or Brad well, Pitt? She hasn't got them on the front cover of Vogue, so I'm not going to go at them. Right? You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, in my view, is one of the greatest actors that Hollywood has ever seen. Yeah. However, to me, he's still a bit of a prick because the guy actually. <laughs> Mike, appeared... Can I just implore you on behalf yeah. of everyone listening to this podcast? Yeah. Will you start saying it how you mean it? <laughs> Get well, off the fence. This is a guy, right, who went to the Cannes Film Festival one year, and I think it was the year that Al Gore did the Inconvenient Truth, yeah, which yeah. turned out to be an inconvenient pack of lies, actually, <laughs> according to a judge <laughs> in this country who wouldn't let it be taught to kids in school because right. it was so full of shit, right? <laughs> so old, uh, they said to Leonardo DiCaprio, um, you know, you talk a lot about saving the planet and, you know, doing things that are green, you know, but you didn't come here uh, on a boat, did you? You came here on a plane. Yes. And do you know what his answer was? What? I flew commercial. Yeah, good. You know, like that's a big fucking thing. Like he didn't hire a private jet. Good for the He actually came on a plane. Saving the planet. First class with everybody else. Emma Thompson got all that shit. Well, so she should. Well, listen, so anyway, I'm not sure that this is entirely the woke conversation. Well, I I think, and Chris can correct me on Twitter if if I've got this wrong, but I think the real question in this debate is, are we... Is the desire to be woke yeah. a good thing or a bad thing? You know, should men try to listen out for signals that in the past perhaps, you know, we would have completely been oblivious to, but actually, you know, were offensive yeah. or, or threatening course. to yes, women course, or other but groups? But why does it have to have a name, right, yeah. one? And two... Because newspapers give it names, No, woke they? is not a name that ever came from any newspaper I'm aware yeah. of. You know, the point is, is that you have people who say one thing and do another. Right. You have people who are quite frankly yes. hypocrites yes. about certain totally, things. Yeah. And those are the people that I have a problem yeah. with. Listen, of course. I mean, I have a daughter, right, yeah. who's now 28 years of age, and as a result of that, I get given a hard time if I ever say, listen, I know all about feminism, I know all about opportunities for women, I know what women have to put up with because I've got a daughter. And, you know, the hardline feminists go, oh, yeah, that's just some old... Uh, you know, misogynistic trope, you know, you say, how could I possibly be racist because I've got black friends? Mm. No, I have got a daughter. I have, you know, seen how her career has gone. I have seen how some scumbaggy people have treated her. Mm. And I certainly would want the world to be an equal place. Yeah, and that's presumably you've changed because of... No, I haven't. And I've always believed in equality for women. But do you remember how how newspaper newsrooms used to be? Yeah, but I was never sexist in my life. No, and I don't believe I was. But I, I do think they are... They're environments that didn't suit women. You know, yeah, they were very high testosterone. Well, that aggressive may well be true, but there was plenty of very successful women who did very well. But in as you said the other day, money than I did. as you said the other day, the ones that did tend to make it tended to be the ones who could move towards that that aggressive. Well, I had plenty of female bosses in Fleet Street. Yeah, yeah, me you too. Know, yeah. And none of them were particularly unusually masculine. Yeah, you know, in fact, quite the reverse. And what I would say is that we now have a kind of culture of people who don't like the idea that you tell them what to do. Yeah. And I think that's gone too far the other yeah. way. We had a story the other day that the police apparently are surprised that some of the millennials they're hiring um, didn't know they might have to work at night yeah. or didn't know they might have to work at the weekend yeah. or, you know, were a bit unsure about the way that people were talking to them. That's right. I mean, you know, let's not get too This is generational stuff, though. And that's the woke yeah. stuff where, yeah. oh, you've got to be really sympathetic to everybody. Yeah. Well, you can't be. And the thing that, to, to back your point up, the thing that worries me about that woke thing yeah. is when... 
people feel like they can't express their true opinion yeah. because they feel they're going to get piled yeah. on by a load of Exactly. And then, funnily enough, people, to bring it back round to our normal conversation about Brexit, there are people, absolutely uh, for sure, who live in this country who cannot admit to members of their family or some of the people they work with that they voted to leave the European Union. Yeah. That's incredible, isn't it? Well, it's, I, hope, I hope it's because they're mortified and embarrassed. No, it's not. At the it's because the of... people who they know <laughs> and who they are close yeah. to would be horrified. Yeah. Which is bonkers. Well, it is bonkers. People yeah. should be able to say anything. Yeah. And, and, and as long as it doesn't uh, da- cause damage or cause real harm mm. to people, I think, you know, the Americans are much more in tune with this, with their First Amendment for free yes, speech. Yes, they are. And people, you know, th- they fight for that more than they fight yes. for political correctness. They do. You know, they, they, it's like that old quote from Voltaire, isn't mm. it? Which is, I, I hate and I hate everything you're saying, yes. but I will fight to the death for your right Which to say it. Which wasn't know? actually invented by Voltaire. Was it not? No, it was Who invented by some obscure French woman. Um, but he picked it up and, Did he? and plagiarised it. it. Yeah, Good for him. and he's now famous for doing it. So yeah. there's, your, uh, there's your everyday sexism there we go. Uh, from the 17th century. <laughs> but you know, the other bit, right, is that the danger, and this is the serious part about this, the danger of the woke situation is that there are those who are taking advantage of it to go completely the other way. Yes, and being really disgusting. There was, I remember, there was a, a really horrible comedian in America in the late 80s called Andrew Dice Clay. Have you ever heard of him? No, but he was a pig. I mean, a real pig, and he told the most horrendous jokes about women. What, like Roy Chubby Brown kind of thing? It was worse than that. Really? I mean, it was really awful, horrible shit. He was this kind of, oh, you're from New Jersey, and he was like a sort of, he painted himself as this kind of thuggish character. Yeah. Um, And, you know, jokes about raping women. I mean, it was just horrendous. But he got a following of these young kids who felt that their kind of lives had been cut short by feminism. Yeah. And there's a big danger that we create... These kind of people. Uh, what do they call them? Incels or something like that? Involuntary well, celibates. So people well, who can't. Incel, I think, is a, is that not a um, uh, a term of abuse that you tell you you say, you say to people? No, no. Oh, right. I think incel is what people describe themselves as. They, it's short for involuntary celibate. Right. And it's a group of very angry young men yes. who feel that they're not having sex, mm. and it's the it's women's problem right. that they're not having sex, right? And, the fact that they're and the fact that they're just tweets. ugly dickheads, yeah. yeah. So, so, and they get really angry about it, right. and it's become a whole big thing. Wow. But, but yeah, so what they would claim, you know, uh, free speech and mm. blah blah blah. I I do worry that that we ha- are becoming a nation or certainly a generation of people who are always thinking what's the right thing to say yes. and then you just end up with groupthink yeah you know and you lose a lot of the the sort of capacity to have character and to, yeah in a nation and also and people should have the right to offend yeah they should yeah uh, that's what i like anyway i like offending people on a regular basis like yeah. keep my hand in yes. uh, on time you're well practiced uh, uh, you're very good at it i am quite good at yeah. it but uh, we've, we've run out of time again. Well, that was great. Well, that the was. mailbag thing worked okay. The mailbag did. So, sensible. <clears throat> give them the, uh, the, so the email address. So, the uh, email address again is thoughtpolicepod, all run together, yeah. at gmail.com. Right. And uh, yeah, that that brought on some great conversation. Yeah, so we'll do some more next week. By the way, one thing I hate, you know, yeah. when people read out an email address yes. and they say all lowercase, yes. or, or but folks, it doesn't matter yes. whether it's capitals or not. <laughs> right, move on. Yes, but it does make sense to put the yeah. at gmail.com at the end. Definitely, or otherwise we won't get through. And give us a rating on iTunes. Good man. Cheers.
there's a very famous pizza joint in Naples that everyone goes to. It's like number one in Lonely Planet yeah. and all of that business. And they, they only cook one type of pizza, you know, right. a margarita, or yeah. you can, I think you can have a bit of basil on it. Right. Anyway, it's got another branch now in Stoke Newington down the road. Really? Yeah. It's I amazing. I think I might get allergic to Stoke, Stoke Newington, Newington Church drink. But Stoke Newington's gone all kind of upmarket. Actually, Very when, I used, much, when yeah. I used to know Stoke Newington, I went to um, Further Education College yeah. uh, in Old Street, right? Oh, which yeah. is now in the heart of Shoreditch. Yeah. Which I'm told I pronounce Shoreditch. wrong. Shoreditch. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone says it's not Shoreditch. It's Shoreditch. Shoreditch. Yeah. yeah. But it's not though. Shoreditch. No. When I was around, it was called Shoreditch, and it was right. full of dodgy okay. pubs. Do you say like Hoxton? I don't say it at all. No, I've never said Hoxton in any way, shape or form. But I don't say Surrey. Hoxton. I'd, Surrey. Never, I'd actually never heard of Hoxton. Do you live in Surrey? Uh, I, I don't live in Surrey, no. I live in Sussex. Sussex? Yes. <laughs> This fella sticks his hand up, right? And of course, you're sitting there. I'm sorry if this is, it sounds a bit crude, but you're sitting there thinking, well, he's obviously confident. Yes. You know, I mean, it's not the kind of thing you would volunteer for. I know. No, a, a, a pub full of about 80 hairy ass blokes <laughs> all baying at the stage. Yes. And he gets up and they put him on a chair. Right. And then they take his uh, trousers off. Right. And suffice to say that forevermore, this bloke was known throughout Formby as the Cashew Nut Man. <laughs> Have you ever seen anything so absolutely shamelessly self-promoting and useless <laughs> as Meghan Markle telling me who I should like as a feminist? But you're not a vogue reader. Two men broke into the trophy room, into the um, trophy room at Everton last night, and made their escape. Police are looking for two men with a blue carpet. <laughs> with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.